Hello and welcome to episode 99 of the Sunny 16 podcast. We are only one away from that magic number 100 and we have got a great show for you this week because joining us all the way from Hong Kong is the founder and CEO of Mint Cameras, Gary Ho. Um, we are going to have conversations with him about well, well, what Mint is in detail and what's going on now because there is so much. And of course, here to help me through that conversation is the ever lovely Rachel. Rachel, how are you? Oh, hi, Graham. I'm good. It's uh, It feels like it's been ages since I've seen you. <laughs> yeah, so, so long. Yes, almost yesterday, some might say. Almost yesterday, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. We will have more to talk about that a bit later, but we're going to focus the first part of our show on the conversation with Gary, because um, unsurprisingly, Gary's super busy at the moment for many, many reasons, so we don't want to take up too much of his time. So, Gary, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me today, and uh, hi, hi, everybody. It's a real pleasure to have you here. Now, we mentioned briefly on last week's show how you seem to have so many things going on. Um, but let's let's start right back at the beginning. We've talked about Mint on various occasions on the show. But for listeners who may not have taken the time to go and have a look at your website, can you give us a bit of um, a background on where Mint came from, mm -hmm. uh, what your background in photography and camera making is that, that led to Mint becoming a thing? Mm -hmm. Sure, sure. So we started about uh, almost 10 years now, but we started in 2009, around 2010. Uh, back then, uh, I, was, I was still a student. Um, so this actually uh, was an idea out of my um, dorm room. Uh, well, well for, we, we, we never thought of making cameras at the beginning. Uh, we, we were just... Um, uh, selling SX-70s back then. You know, SX-70, the, the really um, legendary uh, Polaroid camera, the mm -hmm. the best Polaroid camera you can find <clears throat> out there. And and back then in 2010, it was uh, uh, the the, impro the the impossible project just came out. Um, uh, uh, at, at the same time when I was like planning uh, what to do and um. It, it it was just a coincidence that 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 they came along and and, and business just started to grow and grow, yeah. That that's so so basically that's how we started. So yeah, so you, so yeah. originally start off you were was it, I take it reconditioning, repairing, and reselling SX seventies. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. We, we gave our uh, customers a uh, one year warranty at the beginning. Yeah, uh, yeah, because back then you know. Um, all of these uh, SX-70s were either um, non-functional or they were uh, in pretty bad condition. So I thought, uh, why not try to, you know, like recondition re these cameras and and uh, make them um, easier, not easier to use, but like uh, if, if, if you get one of these cameras, you would want to make sure <clears throat> they're functional, right? So, yeah. so that's why we provided a one-year warranty. So you said you, you started yeah. doing this when you were still a student. Um, and obviously, mm -hmm. this was the time when, well, I mean, you said that Impossible had already kicked off. So this was after Polaroid had gone away. What was it that drew you? Why were you so heavily invested with Polaroid at, at such an early age? Yeah, uh, actually, I, I'm like, to, uh, contrary to popular belief, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm not a photographer myself. But um, my, my father was uh, in the photography business. I'm uh, uh, 
I'm into engineering. Mm-hmm. Um, but cameras always uh, were fascinating to me because um, they were, uh, you know, something that was, uh, you know, like for 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 something for for people like us, they were uh, e- they were they were they were challenging to make, mm-hmm. but they were not. As so challenging that you you couldn't actually make them like it, it wasn't like a rocket like where you needed a lot of <laughs> like uh yeah like spacex it wasn't like spacex but uh yeah so that that's what that's why cat cameras um uh were fascinating to me they they combined you know um mechanical engineering uh, electronic engineering and optics all together into this um piece of uh art i would say like mm-hmm. so so that's that's what fascinated me uh how long had mint been going for as a company doing these um selling these sx70s before you decided to actually start making new things yourself was the first step to make the um actually no and it wasn't the first because the slr um, oh, I'm going to get the name of this wrong. Yeah, 670. The SLR yeah. 670, thank you. SLR 670, yeah. Was that the first evolution of just doing the repair work or did that come later? Well, uh, yeah, that, that's a very good question. Actually, uh, that came a little bit later. Um, when we first started the uh, selling the SX70 uh, in our store, uh, we realized a lot of people were having you know, a lot of trouble um, having getting good pictures well one of the reasons was because you know the film back then was wasn't that stable you know uh, they had a lot of them um, uh like um it, they were experimental back then uh, but another a critical reason why people weren't um taking good pictures was because they were always um shooting indoors and uh where there wasn't enough uh light so the first product we came up with was the uh mint flash bar which is still um selling right to this very day and it sells very well uh i think that kind of um it it was good for us and it and it bumped up the sales of the film too because people were getting better pictures so that was actually our first product yeah and and um so like i said i want to make sure i've got the timeline right in my head so so you started, you started off just. Um, well, I say just. That's probably not the correct term. But you started off with the SX seventies and repairing and refurbishing. Then the first product you fully created out of whole cloth was the um, mint mm-hmm. flash bar. And uh-huh. yeah. Uh, and then the TL seventy. Uh, it was the mint flash bar. Uh, and then we we kind of had this ex- uh, experience with uh, making. Uh, designing products and then we we we, we created uh the uh lens set later on it was uh, <clears throat> a a full set with them um, with close-up lens with uh color lenses yeah with nd filters yeah that that one for the sx70 uh because you know people wanted more um creative options for their camera so that that that, that one um is pretty popular uh, still to this day, and and then we uh, made the um, SLR six seventy because yeah. um, it, the the idea the idea came out of uh, the um, actually because people wanted um, a camera with a uh, like a higher ISO ISO yeah they wanted um yeah um, so but but we we had this option on the mint flash bar where you could um 
switch to the half flash and then people would be able to use the uh ISO 600 film. Uh, just a little background because um, for the Impossible Project back then, they had two types of film. One was the uh, ISO 100 and the other was the ISO 600. So we, we realized a lot of people wanted to use the ISO 600 film directly. So that's where the idea of the SLR 670 came along. And, and that was, I think, our third third uh, official product. Yeah. So um, with the SLR 670s, um what, for, for people who may not come across these, because I think uh, a lot of people will be familiar with the TL70, but may not be as familiar uh-huh. with the SLR, because the, the SLR670 in some ways is more of a, a niche product, because it's it's a high-end mm. product, and it's mm. not aimed at you know more general use. Can you describe yeah. exactly what the SLR670 is, and how, how they're made, and, and what they do? Yeah, the SLR670 is actually... Um, yeah, uh, 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 like uh, out of my um, expectation, it sold uh, much better than I expected. It was actually just a, um, you know, uh, like a like a side project kind of thing. Like we were, we were playing around with the uh, with the uh, like like mo- modifying the cameras and stuff, and and I, I thought, why not try to you know. Um, uh, showcases to the world and then and then people just started asking about it and they started buying it it's actually um really popular within the uh polaroid group but maybe um not so much um if you're like a like a new like a new new player in in yeah. the instant world but it's it's pretty popular in in in, in within the uh, polaroid community yeah that uh, the sr670 actually um the, there, there were uh Two to there were three generations, but I'll just skip to the last generation, <clears throat> the one we're 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 uh, that most people use right now. They you you get to adjust the manual speeds on on the camera. So like for uh like a like for a normal SX70, you had to guess uh like what shutter speed you you were using. It's all auto and and people. It didn't have control over the camera, but if you use a SLR670, you actually get to. Um, I, I like to use the word preview. You, you you can preview the uh your image on your phone before actually taking a photo. So it makes the film like in in, in a sense you you save a lot of film. Yeah. Yeah, and and you get much better pictures. So so that was the whole idea behind it. It sounds yeah. from from what you've done with this. Clearly, one of the things that you enjoy about this whole process is um, mm-hmm. overcoming technical hurdles uh, and finding uh-huh. ways to um, make these cameras a more useful proposition in 2018 with what people yeah. expect from cameras. Um, are there any things that you have found particularly difficult that you, that you think, okay, this is a problem I, I want to solve, uh, but you've really struggled to get past it, or what what has been the hardest thing so far? Yeah, that yeah. Thanks for like su- summarizing <clears throat> what I do. The the thing, the most difficult thing is, um, you know, when people <clears throat> think talk about um instant cameras when they when they are. Uh, hear like when 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 they hear the the term instant camera they they always think of um like uh like a toy camera they think of it as a, like a a party camera yeah and uh, i think that's the most difficult thing right now we're we're trying to um uh educate people that uh it's it's not 
it, a lot of things can be done with uh, the the instant medium. Uh, it's not just for uh, parties, although you can use them for for parties and and you know uh, Fujifilm sells a, a lot of um, Instax for 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 parties and stuff. But uh, there there can there's a lot more that can be done in in like a more like a proper camera kind of kind of way and uh i think that's the single most uh difficult thing that uh that uh, we're facing right now and but it's it's been um it's it's it, it, it people are starting to accept the idea of using a proper camera uh with the instant medium so i think uh we're heading in in a in a good direction yeah, I, I this weekend yep. just gone. I, I was lucky enough to spend um, my Saturday uh, assisting Rachel with a wedding shoot, and as part of that wedding shoot, Rachel was shooting mm-hmm. um, Instax to do some of the bride portraits. Um, mm-hmm. And as you said, th- there's absolutely no reason why that medium cannot be used in a completely professional manner. I mean, I saw the pictures, yeah. you know, and Rach can talk to that, you know, using, but like getting beautiful pictures out of that, the medium is more than capable of doing it. But as you said, up until now, the cameras, the, or the mainstream cameras that have been available have been not making that possible. They've been very basic cameras. Yeah. yeah. I understand the, um, the, the, because, uh, why, why this is because of the history of photography, uh, probably because back in like the 1970s, 1980s, I think, uh, instant cameras used to be, you know, they, they took over the, the film cameras, which, which, uh, was there before them. And then that it was like the, the, the camera it was like the iPhone that that was your only choice. You either used film or you, or you used instant camera. So people thought, um, but but nowadays it's different because you you have the, the the your smartphone with you. So uh, the the reason why people use uh, instant uh, cameras is totally different today than why they used to. So I think it, it just takes some time for the math to understand this this uh, yeah this this transition. Yeah. Well, and and also yeah. it, it's it's getting people to be prepared that to get a high quality instant camera you need to pay the same kind of prices that you would pay to get any other high quality camera there there is it's a bit a bit like the issue that um software has on the app store that everyone expects things to be either free or incredibly cheap so if you make something good on there it's very hard to justify it um let's talk about the tl70 because the tl70 Mm -hmm. was i think for a lot of people myself included the the thing that I most knew you for because it's it's such a distinct defining um, piece of construction. Uh, mm-hmm. First Thank question: you. What what made you think that? Um, oh, I'm, I want to build a new instant camera. Let's go with a twin lens, twin lens reflex design, mm-hmm. the one <laughs> shape of camera that nobody has tried to make an instant camera of yeah. at any point. Uh-huh. What, what prompted that? <laughs> yeah. Do, do, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that it's it's actually very very interesting. You know, when when we first um, like uh, the the TL seventy was uh was uh like uh we 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 made the mint flash bar, we made the uh mint lens set, um, all of that experience we we brought into the uh, TL seventy, and back then we were choosing between um, like there were only there were only like two 
to um to mainstream uh, instant uh, filmmakers out there, Polaroid Originals and uh, Fujifilm. And like you said, it's 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 like uh, using either using apples or using Windows. You you have to choose between the two. And and what we noticed was um uh, it it was easier to make a camera for uh, Fujifilm than for Polaroid for several reasons. One of them was because the, the the market was much much larger, uh, and uh, second reason was um you know if you use the Polaroid originals you could always use the SX70. There was there there were good cameras for the um, Polaroid original. So but there weren't so many good cameras for uh, Fuji Instax. So so that's why we chose that path. That was the main reason. And for for as to why we we chose to use the uh, you know the twin lens um, uh, design for for Instas. Well, well, the, the, it, it 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 was a a first. It was a good 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 to start with because um you know for twin lens you can um adjust the aperture, you can adjust the focus, and and it was a the, the outlook was appealing to like more more people. It was a yeah, there, there there are many reasons why why we why we chose to do that, but uh, it, it gets kind of technical. I'm not sure if you wanna. <laughs> no, <laughs> if, if it's gonna yeah. get confusing to me, then it's probably probably yeah. best not because I'm I'm not yeah. the brightest. But uh, it, at a fundamental level, yeah. is is a TLR an easier design to work with for for this format of film than um an slr type or you know uh, is it is it easier to put the component parts together in a way that works fluidly mm. yeah i think it's uh it's very natural for for uh, a tlr to use um instant uh, in in stax film because of the film size if you if you make like a, a uh, slr for the instax mini film the camera will be um become pretty big unless it's like affordable and stuff like the sx70 but that's like really super difficult to make so i think it was a natural thing to do uh, to fit the um instax into the uh t- twin lens and and another thing about the twin lenses, um, it it the the the, the one the one twenty medium, uh, the one twenty film format is uh very um similar to the Instax Mini format. It's I mean the size the size yeah. is quite uh the same. So that that's why, it, um, yeah I I I think it's 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 easier in a way to 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 design and make and and it, it appeals to a lot of people that the, the the twin lens design. So, if you ask me, those are the two main reasons I we, we chose to do the twin lens first. Yeah, and, and it's and it's classic, you know, like you, you you make a TLR for twin lenses, and and you can it, it the, the the product life cycle is can can be very long, like at least five to maybe ten years, I I I guess. So so that that's the main reason. Yeah. Yeah, that makes perfect sense yeah. because I mean the the design of the TL70. I mean it's just it's a very elegant design, and yeah. I think probably more so than any other camera style, TLRs yeah. do have. I mean we and most of the people listening have probably all got yeah. twin lens reflex cameras that we still uh-huh. love and cherish, and and the 
it's clear from looking at all of the products that you have made at Mint that mm. um, the design of your products is a really important part. You, oh, thank um, you. The, yeah. I mean, there's because not only have you, uh, I, 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 and what drives it home to me is the fact that not only do you have the cameras, you even have like this beautiful watch on your website for sale. So, oh, yeah, yes. Clearly, just making beautifully designed products is an important thank thing. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and and the fact that making something good, because in some ways, making a TLR, whilst it has all of those advantages, not everybody yeah. gets on with TLR. <laughs> so you click, yeah. well, this is the thing we want to make first off and learn a lot of lessons on. Um, yeah. Because that's a significant step up from everything that you've done before because of, of all the elements, the, the focusing, the film rejecting, all of these things. Um, what what yeah. was the hardest part of that th- to get right? Yeah. So I, I want to like um, t- talk, talk a little bit more about why we chose the uh, uh, twin lens um, for, for our first camera. I, I, I think because first of all, you don't, you don't want to make a camera like, for for a small company like us, you don't want to like a make a like really mass market camera. You don't want to make one that looks the same as like the Fuji Instax Eight, for example. You don't, you don't want to make something like that. You want to make something that appeals to a certain um, uh, niche, but uh, but you you don't want that niche to be too small, but you don't want it to to, to be too big either. So so I think the twin lens was a was it was a perfect um. Was was what was the perfect um, market for 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 what we, we were doing and and proved to be um, really popular, uh, uh, yeah. So so that was the, one of the, the reasons. And for, for for your second question, why um, what 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 difficulties we faced, man, it, it was a. Uh, it was much harder than we thought. <laughs> well, yeah. we'd be here to, tomorrow talking about the challenges. <laughs> yeah, probably, probably. Yeah, I can go on forever, but I'll, I'll just choose like um, one or two like uh, hardest parts for making making a camera. I would say is um, is uh, uh, the, the, especially for um, for for an in for instant film camera is the size of the camera. It's really hard to make the size small for 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 in, for instant camera because the the film itself is so big, the cartridge is is so big. Um, it there's a certain um, physical limit for how small the camera can get. So I think one of the challenges was 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 packing everything inside this tiny body, and still you know if you make it too big, it people will think it's difficult to carry around and stuff. Uh, and it's much more appealing if you make the the, the camera just small, um, so that yeah, it fits in your it fits in your bag and you can carry it around with you. Yeah, so that was I think the the main challenge. So when you yeah. first when you first launched the Mint TL seventy, can you? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't think it's changed. How much did, was mm-hmm. that when that first came on the market? Uh, the, the the first one was about um two 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 hundred uh. 50 pounds depending on yeah. the exchange rate <laughs> yeah so yeah how how was that bringing that to market because at that time um other than the fuji cameras which were all you know they were they, they are what they are they are the as you said the instax eight and the, you know, the minis and stuff like yeah. that and um and lomo might have had some of their stuff up now but it was certainly it was mm. all 
cheaper cameras. How yeah. was it bringing to market a more premium product? Mm-hmm. It, it was. Um, I think the the most uh, it, the, the the thing that people have to understand is that um, it it's it it's it's got this it's it's got aperture uh, control on it. It's, it like it, when we were first um, uh, marketed the uh, SLR six seventy uh, at the beginning, people had a hard slightly hard time like figuring out like what, what why is it different from the sx70 because there there was this um we called the time machine on top where you could adjust the shutter speeds i mean why, why would anybody want something like that on an instant camera but gradually people started to understand that uh control was really important uh for 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 um instant cameras and that's why people um, come to us like they pay slightly more for 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 our cameras, but that's what they like about our cameras because we provide the um we give them the control over the camera instead of you know the camera controlling you. So so I think um it, it, at, at first it, it it might be a little, little bit difficult to like it's it's a new concept, but but it, it all worked out fine and people are starting to understand. Because yeah, why, why control is so important. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you must have. Uh, how did you feel <laughs> when um, Leica announced they were entering the market, and you then subsequently saw what they were entering with? That must have been a briefly worrying moment, followed by quite a lot of laughter in the office. I would imagine. Uh, uh, I, I think. Um, I actually think that was a, a kind of a good thing for us. Um, because you know, if if Leica, Leica, I, I, I mean, I like Leica so much. Leica is like our, um, I, I look up to them. Yeah. They're like our, um, like a, how to say, um, like a mentor. No, not like uh, there's something. Inspiration or aspiration. Yeah. yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they are inspiration. So, and and they're like they make good quality cameras. They they we, we even sometimes look at Leica cameras like while we're designing our cameras. So. People know Leica is uh, serious about photography, so I think it was a kind of good thing when they entered the market. Uh, but when we actually um, saw the camera, it was you know everybody knows it's like a re- re- repackaging of the. Um, there's another one called Neo 90 of the Fujifilm, mm-hmm. and uh, it, it, I think slight disappointment within the community. But um, <laughs> that's very but, tactful, but, Gary. <laughs> yeah, but. But uh, you know the market is huge. You know there are a lot of people um, who are interested in instant photography, and uh, it, it it's just a different audience. So so it, it, yeah, I think it the it is more of a good thing than a bad thing for yeah. for for us. Yeah. Well, and and also it did have that effect of drawing in people who um, are very familiar with the Leica name. May up until this point have been quite um, well for want of a better sniffy or snobby about shooting instant because of the association with toy cameras. It's like oh well, Leica's bringing out a camera. They pay more because they're buying a Leica brand name. Then they discover that they like instant, but maybe this camera isn't doing it. But by this point, their expectations for what an instant camera might cost have gone up a bit. So it does help the market yeah. because it, it primes people a bit to be prepared to pay a bit more. Um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, 
And also it was an exercise in realising that branding is important. Um, let's talk about where you're at now, because mm. the one thing I'm struggling to understand, I, I had a look on your website, at, at your team. Now, it seems to me that your team consists of about 18 people, well, 17 mm-hmm. people and a dog called Custer. Is that still <laughs> the case? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is a pretty update. Uh, we have a really good um, f- friend of ours, actually, I think, He's uh he he's a like he 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 found us on there's this uh, 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 a really good guy that does the translation for us David um yeah he's the only one who's not in uh, stationed in our office but yeah he he's he's, he's really good yeah and uh uh yeah the the the, the that page is quite update uh it's still update we just updated it uh I think uh last month so. Yeah, the, the dog isn't isn't in the office at uh, all the time, but uh, yeah, he stays at he's my, out, my house. So. Yeah, <laughs> he's out making yeah. deals, you know, shaking paws, <laughs> closing, always yeah. be closing. <laughs> yeah, and so, he's a good model. Yeah, <laughs> you you gotta have yeah. a good model. It's important as long as he's yeah. getting paid for his time. That's the important thing. Um, <laughs> if you've got a dog and a cute camera, you know, you can't really go wrong, can you? I think that sounds good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but he's always, like, moving around and stuff. He's uh, jumping around. He's, he's a, a Jack Russell Terrier. So I think he originated from, um, I think, the UK. He used to, you know, his species used to, you know, um, you, you guys have these um, shoot, shoot, shoot those birds. And dogs. Then, yeah. yeah, hunting dogs. Yeah, yeah, he used to be a hunting dog. Yeah, so he's really active. <laughs> no one, no one. Do you need those fast shutter speeds and wide apertures? This is all just so you can take better pictures of Custer, isn't it? This is what it's all about. <laughs> so yeah. let's talk about what's going on right now because at the moment you have just started uh, a new Kickstarter, and this mm-hmm. has all spawned from a relationship you guys have built with Rolleiflex. So. Mm-hmm. How how did you come to be in a relationship with Rolleiflex? And and also for the benefit of myself and, and listeners, mm. what is Rolleiflex in twenty eighteen? Mm-hmm. Well, uh, it, w- it was funny because um actually this uh this um relationship started because of uh, my colleague, uh yeah, and I really have to thank him for that. Um, but about two years ago, we were looking for uh. Uh, like people to sell the tail assemblies in their stores, and one guy came to us um, and said, "Oh, I want to, I want to sell the uh, tail assembly at my store in uh, in Canada." But then um, it, it 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 didn't work out in the end. But we still had a a nice dinner and stuff. But then uh, I think around last year, that guy um, switched jobs and went to Rolifex and to work for them. And uh, that's how uh, the, the, the guy introduced um, Detail 70 to their, to their management. And that's how it all started. So, uh, yeah, although we didn't uh, have any business uh, the first time, you know, it, it, it comes back to you. So, 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 so that was how it all started. Um, I think the, re- the relationship is good for all of us because like for for us of course we get to um make more cameras and and we sell the cameras to Rolly for you know of course for for profit and uh it's good for them because because uh they 
they get to have a, you know, re-enter the market and, uh, uh, you know, there's a lot of noise surrounding the whole campaign. And, and it's also good for everybody because uh, people now know, like, they, they, they know there's something happening in the um, instant market. And, and if even if Roly is interested in the instant market, there must be something going on. So I, I, I guess it's good for, for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, yeah. last year, and I'm sure you, because you cannot have missed it, um, obviously mm-hmm. the power of brand names was really brought home to, to the analog photography market in particular when um, mm-hmm. Yashica kickstarted uh, um, the, that Y, I can't, the Y35. Y35. So, yeah. you know, this was a case where. Uh, a an, a very recognizable name was slapped on a thing that had no business having that name slapped on it. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously that was a hugely successful thing because people mm-hmm. know that name and there's a lot of history attached to it. Um, now, obviously, uh, thankfully, this time around, the relationship mm-hmm. is a far healthier, far, far better relationship for mm-hmm. both um, mm-hmm. people. Kickstand, but, um, so what... What because you on the article that you originally posted about this, you were talking about the fact that the Roly Camp, the factory, um, actually mm. closed down a few years ago. So, what, yeah. what is Rolyflex, the company, at this time? It, it, what are they still doing beyond this, or, or is it more just existing as a name still going forwards? Well, to be, to be honest, I think it's uh, the name more yeah. than the um, the the engineering behind it. But I think they're still. Uh, struggling to find out what's what's going on. I mean, they're they're still they're they're kind of like um, uh, you know, like a like a a, a lost kid or something. Um, it's it, it, it's a little bit like a Polaroid. Um, uh, before um, the Impossible Project uh yeah. bought the name, they were like um, looking for what to do with their brand name and stuff, but uh, but. Uh, I think they're still looking for where to go, and um, what we're trying to do is like get them interested in the instant market. So, so besides the Rolyflex instant camera, there there might be another Rolyflex instant camera square where you use the square film on yeah. the on the TLR and, and and stuff like that. And and another thing that's really important about this um relationship is uh, Rolyflex is a uh, European. Um, country and we're in Asia and we are really weak in the Europe market. So, yeah. so I think that's going to be really uh, beneficial for for us uh, if if they introduce the uh, their stuff um, in Europe. Uh, right now, they sell all kinds of stuff from um, like tripods and action cameras, all, all, all that, all those stuff. But wh- what what their what their main business is, I, I I'm not I'm not exactly sure. Maybe have to ask them. Yeah, yeah. but they've provided a lot of help um, assisting us uh, with with this project. So I'm I'm really thankful. Yeah, as you yeah. said, there seems to be a few companies that are um, in that space where they have a brand that, that you know has a lot of heritage to it and the, and a lot of potential mm. value to it but the market has not it's not at a point 
where you can go, oh, yes, you can go all in on this and make your own thing and be guaranteed to make the money yeah. back. And so being able to work with you guys to bring something to market, which is going to be a good ambassador for the brand rather than sticking it just on, as well, action cameras or whatever it may be. So yeah, um, the Kickstarter has been a huge success straight out mm. the gate. Um, I, I think it's been going for four days at this point, I think. And uh-huh. um, the initial target for what you were looking for was um, £18,000, I think. And you're currently, mm. when I looked, uh, £176,000. <laughs> so that's oh. significantly bust through that. Um, mm-hmm, 571 mm-hmm. people backing the cameras. Uh, uh-huh. There's two more since we started, I think, Graham, because oh, we're at 573. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> now. It, and, yeah. So it's clearly very, very popular. A, a lot of people yeah. are jumping on this. Um, and, it, and it must be so yeah. exciting because this is going to be your cameras reaching a much broader audience than they've had yeah. the chance to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. On, when you made the announcement about this, um, mm-hmm. in, the, in the language you used on your own press release, you described it as yeah. being um, slight differences from the TL70. So can you talk Mm. through us what the differences are between the Roliflex instant camera and the TL70? Yeah. Yeah, a lot of people have been asking this question. I think it's a good time to address it. You know, the the most... uh, We we had uh, two versions of uh, TL70 before. Um, This one, I'll call this one the third version, but I'm not supposed to. It's actually called Roliflex instant camera. But anyways, it's... We had the 1.0, 2.0, and then now the Roliflex. The the 1.0 and 2.0, uh, the main difference was a viewfinder. The, the, if 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 anybody has used the 1.0, I would um agree that it was a pr- pretty dim. You know, the viewfinder it was difficult to focus, uh, and you had to use it under um, sunlight, or else it'd be quite difficult to focus. So, and and then there were a lot of um, you know. When, when you make cameras, no, well, I'll put it this way. Anybody who has used a 2.0 will tell you that the 2.0 is much better than the 1.0. And we stopped selling the 1.0 after the 12 got, was introduced. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and now that we're transiting to the um, third version, the Roliflex instant camera, the, the main difference that you see is the uh, viewfinder on top. We're trying to make a, um, you know, what, what the, actually they're helping us with this, the, the you know, the, the, the split, the split circle finder that they used to have. The, you, 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 you know, what I'm yes, talking about the, yeah. the split, to, yeah, to the assist with the focus thing. itself. Yeah. 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 That thing. And, and the whole thing is much brighter. It's, it's like, um, looking into an actual Roliflex, um, uh, like one of the old Roliflexes. So that's that's a, a very super important for us, and uh, I think people will really like it. But another thing that people don't notice about um, these improvements is, you know, when you're making a camera, although the 1.0 looks exactly the same as a 2.0, if you change the procedure of how, how you're, manufacturing these cameras it makes a, a huge difference like a- anybody would tell you that uh they, when they're using a 2.0 it's 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 much better than the one ball but the the thing is it's 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 hard to um you know t- tell you which part is different which part is uh better um 
because it's it, camera making is all about these um, slight differences. Yeah, it's it, it, it may be like cutting cutting um this part one mm uh, shorter, making another part one mm one mm uh, longer, and 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 that can have a, a a huge difference on the on the whole experience. Like I'll, I'll give it a, 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 a just a small example when when for the one point the the actual um uh maximum shutter speed was more like a one twenty five to um two twenty like uh, somewhere between one twenty one over one twenty five to one over two twenty five but when we went to the um two point the the shutter speed increased by double because we we made these slight changes to the electronics we added a um a capacitor to it to make it faster so so the thing will be the same will be done with the um fully flexing camera you, you you make a lot of small small tweaks and and it just makes the whole whole camera much better but if if you know if i if i if i tell you what which, which part was where, where we made the um improvement it's it, it, it it's it's kind of trivial yeah. and it, it doesn't appeal to most non-technical people so that's why it's 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 a little bit difficult to explain but all in all you'll find that the uh, really fascinating camera is, is is a much more much more solid feel and it's more reliable yeah that it, that that would be also, much more yeah. yeah it also shows it um on the information about it 30 percent slimmer so obviously you've you've done some simplifications like you were mentioning those those small tweaks and things to um to make the user experience a bit better perhaps um, yeah, yeah. Um, with and as you say, with the brightened up um, viewfinder, in order to be able to uh, to see that without it having to be in bright sunshine, is is brilliant. Um, can uh-huh. you tell me a little bit about the lenses, uh, Gary, um, and the lenses yeah. that will be on the um, Rolleiflex Instant Camera as well? Yeah, yeah. are they the glass lens lenses, be, plastic lenses? Uh, yeah, the lens will be the same as the uh, uh, TL seventy two point oh. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 basically the same for, for the lens. Yeah, it's it's a uh, three element. Um, it's they're all plastic and uh, it's uh, it's spherical. So, yeah, you you, you it, it's 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 enough for um the Instax BD format, I think. Yeah, because yeah. that yeah. that's the question we actually had a while ago. Um, it came up on the episode. We were talking about glass lenses versus plastic, and mm-hmm. and um and and what whether there is um. A, a significant yeah. difference, and, and I would imagine uh-huh. with, as you were saying, with the, the in, with the Instax Mini, there's a maximum resol- resolving power of that film. That if you have a fancy glass lens, yeah. it may not be able to make. What were the reasons you went with the, these designs rather than going with glass? Yeah, that's a that's that's something I I really want to talk about actually about um the difference between them. Um, glass lens and uh, plastic lenses you know i always like to look at it this way it's it, it, it's like um it's like cooking you know uh, c- uh c- can you name like a, a favorite dish that is uh, popular in um uk like something you would eat on, on on your on your um on your first date <laughs> fish and chips <laughs> yeah. uh, fish and chips yeah yeah I'm a classy yeah, first that's... date, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking yeah. roast dinner. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll say like fish and chips. You, you've got these um French fries and fillets, right? So um, people people ask uh, so what are you using for the fillet? Are you using like a high quality uh, I don't know, maybe like a 
nor nori fillet nori fish or are using some some fish from um i don't know africa maybe i i i'm not familiar with these dishes but the question is actually the plastic and um glass is is just like the ingredient the most important thing is the design of the lens. So if if you have this really expensive fish and you want to cook it, but you cook it the wrong way, it's it's going to be worse than like a like it's a, not a, be good a cheap fish. <laughs> yeah. yeah like a not really good fish but cooked in a good way. So the, the the design of the recipe is most important. But most people like like to you know simplify things and think of like glass lens must be better than plastic lens. Well, in a sense, it is. But if it's designed wrong, actually a better designed plastic lens can always outperform a badly designed glass lens. So I think the most important thing is how you cook the fish and chips. The ingredient <laughs> is it is important, but but you know it it, it it can't be much worse than than like you you, you like yeah you. you, you I hope I got my my point across. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. no, absolutely, absolutely. As you said, it's uh, the great thing is with your Kickstarter is that there are plenty yeah. of example images of pictures taken with it, so people can actually see for themselves. Um, yeah. So, I mean, so essentially, what we're saying for the for the, for the most part, the Rolleiflex Instant Camera is uh, a refinement of. The previous two generations, um, mm. I mean, which is an unusual thing for a Kickstarter, anyway. So, what people are going to be getting yeah. is something which has had uh, years and years of um, effort going into it before they even get the first one, as opposed to the first generation of something going out. Um, mm-hmm. I, I completely, it's it's very difficult. I think anybody who, and I think this is part of the reason a lot of us love using old cameras is because of that the beautiful feel that they have from a well-made machine and that is something you can yeah. only get from holding in your hand um yeah. i would imagine that one of the questions you've also been asked a lot about especially now that this has got the Rolleiflex name on it is um why why is this one stuck with the mini instax rather than going with the square um uh- do you want to talk about that? I mean, some of the answers seem yeah. fairly obvious, but do you, want to, do you want to talk about why that is? Yeah, I, I think this is only the um, first step of a uh, of the relationship. If if we make the um, uh, Instax Square with the TLR, um, I think uh, it's it's going to happen if uh, Roly sees that um, this one is a success. So, so. So they they don't want to be investing like a, a ton of money on a, like a totally new camera at at the moment, but I think with with this Kickstarter we we will be able to convince them that uh, it's it's possible and um, I think we're going to start uh, like uh, designing the um, twin lens with a with a square format uh, pretty soon. Yeah, since since we all see that. Uh, it, it, it's going to work in the market, so so I think this Kickstarter is just the first step into what's going to happen in the future. Gary, do you think there's a possibility yeah. that you'd be able to look at designing a square back to fit on the existing um, uh, one that you that obviously you're currently kickstarting, or would it be an entirely separate, different new camera? Yeah, uh, it's it's going to be. Uh, in, entirely new. Um, a, a lot of people have asked us to like um, sell the back separately, but uh, 
I personally don't understand how this is going to work because it will take a lot of um, like a lot of uh, tools. You mm-hmm. have to cut cut the camera apart and and put the, put the back on. I don't know how that's that's going to work. You want to keep it all as as a, as a whole piece, you know. So one shoots obviously within Stax Mini, and then potentially in the future, what a, a different camera that would shoot with the Instax Square format if that goes ahead. Is that what you mean? Yeah, and you know, it's it's pretty difficult to um, even for us. We have a workshop um, uh, right beside, like it, it, it's inside our office. We have this workshop where we have these um, machines and uh, you know tools. It, it, it takes a lot of precision to fit in a back into a existing camera. Like mm. e- even like a a slight change in angle or like a like a zero point one millimeter difference would have a big effect on the picture itself. So I'm I'm not sure why people are um expecting a a, a back because at least for me I, I I'm I'm. I, I wouldn't be able to fit the back uh, on the camera at home if I didn't have a workshop. So mm. even if I did have a workshop, I would need all these tools and, you know, like at least uh, one or two days to, to finish the, um, the uh, modification. So, so, so I don't think it's really like feasible. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. It is business wise, sure. but maybe like as a as a hobby, it might work. But uh, yeah, so that's, that's, <laughs> yeah. A, that's the main main reason. Yeah, maybe a camera hack. Um, and yeah. obviously, the the other um, format that you um, are looking at working with, of course, would be the Instax Wide. Um, oh. And uh, Graham, I'm sure you'd be coming on to this as well. The um, the RF seventy as well. Ah. Uh. Yeah, so is that is, is that a point where you feel you can talk much about it at the moment, or at least talk about what what it's going to be and how far along it is? Yeah, sure. Oh, you, so you guys have heard about it too. Um, oh yes. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't expecting um, so many people to know, but uh, it's okay. I think everybody uh, in the community, at least, uh, has probably heard about at least seen something about it well i got an email from uh, yourselves about it uh gary uh, (laughs) you probably um subscribe to the uh blog i think yes that's right yeah 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 is that something you can uh, talk about or not it's fine yeah sure 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 i can i can yeah it's funny because um i i sometimes um I, i would go through those um emails and then though i see a lot of fake emails it's like um well uh, maybe inappropriate to say say here but yeah they they make up these um of swear swear words in the email (laughs) and i just find it pretty pretty funny yeah but yeah yeah, but but yeah about the rf70 um uh yeah it's uh close to finish um we've been working on it for more than maybe three years, two to three years right now. And uh, I always thought um, like there had to be like a proper, proper camera. Like people were like modifying these, um, these really heavy ones, like uh, the, the old Polaroids. And, and, and they're like, they, they're, they're even heavier than two bricks. Like it, it's not easy to bring with you. And, and it's just um, very bulky and it's not made native for the format. So I thought, so we thought um, there had to be, like, someone had to do something about this. And uh, 
The most difficult part about making the RF-70 is uh, probably the rangefinder, because uh, it has to be um, really uh, pre precise. Um, but uh, all in all, everything's been uh, smooth so far. I'm trying really hard to um, to give up these cameras to our testers, just a handful of them. I don't want to give them like give up too much of them. And uh, yeah, I think you'll be able to um, get one uh, maybe in the third or fourth quarter of this year. Awesome. That's exciting. Yeah. Very exciting. How, how much of your desire yeah. to make the RF-70 was was that engineer's desire to just, I, I want to solve this problem? I, I, this, <laughs> this is the, uh -huh. <laughs> well, but actually, usually we gather around and, uh, and like in informal meetings, and uh, we 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 do a lot of um like stand up meetings. We have lunch together, and usually the the ideas come up from from there. Yeah, if you've seen the RF-70, there's this um. Uh, the eject lever, a lever, eject yeah. lever where you pull it to eject the film. That was one of our uh, designers' ideas. Uh, just um, over over lunch, uh, and we thought, yeah, that that's a really good idea. So let let's do it. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's it, it, it's a, it's a team effort. So yeah, everybody's uh, been contributing a, a little bit to it, and 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 and. The result is something that's uh, greater than the sum of its parts. So, so I'm pretty happy with it. Yeah. So the RF70, when it does hit, this is this is going to be a serious camera mm. uh, for for uh, again. I'm going to use the word mm. professional. It's, it's not the right word, but mm. for people who are really want to push what they're doing with it, and also who are prepared to accept that's going to be a, a, a higher price point to get in at. Um, mm. Do you do you think? I mean, is this something you are targeting at people like Rachel, wedding photographers, yeah. um, people mm -hmm. who are, you know need to use it in a professional capacity, who can work quickly with this? Then is that what you're aiming for yeah. with that? Yeah, I, I I think um like what you just said uh it's yeah I try to avoid using the word uh, professional too so I, I I'm using the word um proper these days like a it's a like a proper instant camera yeah. I think people understand it yeah much better that way and they don't get wrong expectations yeah it's yeah, very yeah, words are yeah. very hard to get right in this thing aren't yeah, they yeah it is difficult <laughs> yeah uh, and since you know english isn't my native uh, tongue so i i i the the the, the david is uh, who's helping us out right now um he's on uh, the our, our team page and yeah he he's, he's really helpful I'm, I'm i'm really grateful for that yeah i'm trying to target people um who are uh, yeah wedding photography is one of them but uh i actually brought it to my sister's wedding um last uh a couple of months ago and um it actually works better uh, during you know like pre pre-wedding shots maybe not on the day of the wedding because in, in at the end of the day you have, you have to uh focus um like you have to tune uh, like it's it's a manual focus camera so we're expecting like um more like a slow photography kind of thing yeah rather than uh, like an event photography um yeah camera so, so. for things like the pre-wedding shoot um if we do that i mean that's that's really 
as Graham uh, said, obviously with the shooting a wedding over the weekend, um, we've we've talked about this actually, haven't we, Graham? And um, and how sometimes you know uh, potentially using things like my actual rolly cord or my rolly flex or what have you um, on the day mm. of the wedding is is less possible because of mm. time restraints. Um, mm. And uh, and so doing that as using those cameras um, in pre-wedding or like engagement mm. shoot or something where you've got that bit more time and it's very specifically just with perhaps the couple. Um, yeah. It gives you that time to play around with it and try things out and use that kind of camera at that point yeah. and you think that that would be yeah. more suitable for for how it to be used yeah okay yeah definitely okay. suitable for for that kind of um occasions uh and and if you look at um the the pictures that um come out uh you it it's it's very hard to go back to a normal like mm. instax y300 kind of type like people will be able to tell the difference uh immediately so so i think uh yeah it would work really good uh, for engagement shots this yeah. is why i'm very excited about it portrait <laughs> sessions anything oh yes oh well as you know gary i was like oh this looks amazing yeah. <laughs> so excited <laughs> i would be very happy if uh like a whole industry evolved on top of um this camera it's just uh like people like uh, the couples would would be able to take home like a like a a, a booklet or mm-hmm. like like a like a how to say um like an album yeah they would yeah. be able to take take that that's something like that uh, I'll be really happy to see yeah yeah that's that's very yeah. cool I know we're starting yeah. to run short on time so I just want to ask mm-hmm. you obviously with the Rolleiflex instant camera I mean it seems likely that this is going to be probably the biggest selling camera you will have had today does that seem likely to you uh this year yeah uh besides the rf70 i think uh yeah the really flexing camera is going to be uh the thing we're going to be working on like taking out most of our time yeah yeah and we're really excited about it um but as for people who are following obviously this has got the Rolleiflex name on it the Rolleiflex instant name on it but mint cameras your your firm your brand is Mm-hmm. not going anywhere you are you think i mean i suppose are we mm-hmm. will we see more tl70s or tl80s in the future with mint's name on mm-hmm. it yeah that, that uh i think um we'll see because I'm, I'm 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 not sure yeah. <laughs> at the moment but I'm, I'm really happy because um if people uh notice that um uh like like this this uh, cooperation, um, the, 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 it, 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 it's good for our, our own brand too. So, so I really want this um, campaign to uh, succeed. So, yeah, it, 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 it's good for all of us. So yeah. I don't mind if they use the Rolifax name. I'm, I, I'm actually even happy about it because it's cause a really people, good name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, you just so. had another backer. I'm watching it literally right. click up right now. Yeah, 574. <laughs> That's not bad. Awesome. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I if you're going to be associated with any name, being associated with one of the names of highest quality in camera manufacturers for the years, that's that's pretty good going. Yeah. Yeah. So um, for people who have listened to this and who want to check out, obviously the Kickstarter is going on at the moment. There's, I think, what, 29 days left on that? Um, yeah, 30 days to go, yeah. Yeah. Um, so 
if you're interested in the Rolleiflex instant camera, uh, go and check that out. That is um, kickstarter.com. And you're looking for the Rolly instant camera, um, Google that. You'll find that. And it's camera with a K. Um, if people uh, are interested in following along with what's going on with activities at Mint um, and the development of stuff in the future, including things like the RF70, um, would it be best for them to sign up for your newsletter on, on uh, the Mint website? Oh, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, we'd be more than happy. Yeah, so that's mint-camera.com. Um, Gary, thank you so much for yeah. joining us today. Uh, thank you so much, Riam and uh, Rachel. Yeah, It's been a real And I also want to say a very quick thank you as well to um, Robert Ham, mm. who uh, introduced mm. us in the first place and, and very much helped this make it. So you know, Obviously, he's um, done his own Kickstarter and a very successful Kickstarter with the new box camera. So he's getting that done. So mm. <laughs> Kickstarter has become a yeah. really useful tool for this, hasn't it? <laughs> yeah. And um, yeah, I, yeah. I, I really want to thank Rob, Rob Ham too here. Yeah. He's been, uh, he's made a lot of uh, useful uh, videos for us. Yeah. He's been a great ambassador yeah. for the mint brand and he's really shown mm. how useful it can be uh, and what, what a good tool it is for the photographer out there. Um, well, this is fantastic. I wish you every success with the Kickstarter. Mm. Uh, cannot wait to see how that goes. Mm. And I'm really Thank excited you. to see what the RF70 is down the line. Um, we will take a quick break now after which hopefully Gary mm. will sadly have to go, but Aid might be with mm. us. Um, Gary, please keep mm. in touch. Thank you very much. Mm. Are you guys on Twitter or Instagram? Let's get all the things where people should be following you. Okay, uh, we're not on Twitter. We're only on uh, Facebook and Instagram. But uh, I would prefer Instagram these days. Yeah. Uh, our Instagram is a uh, Mint Camera. Yeah, Mint just camera. at Mint Camera. There you go. It doesn't get any easier than that, listeners. Right. Thank yeah. you. We will take a break now. Okay. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye bye. And we're back after the briefest of breaks for you guys. And no, after... it wasn't. <laughs> Shh, don't spoil the magic. Um, yeah, it's been uh, 10 hours, 10, 11 hours since we recorded that bit this morning with Gary, which was uh, that was good fun. It was good getting to chat to him. But Gary has had to go now because he couldn't hang around <laughs> for that 11 hours. And we've replaced him with a, a wonderful chap. Um, much missed this morning um and uh, you know a podcast legend and noted cheap shots challenge loser oh um, for heaven's sake you uh, just couldn't let it lie I could you i couldn't let it lie i couldn't let it lie um because hey it's lovely to be back on the same show with you dude <laughs> yes and here's me waving my armistice flag and you know uh, with a uh, what do you call it like um uh an olive branch uh, yeah, well, I appreciate the olive branch. <laughs> I, I thought take I, beat you yeah, over the head with it. Yeah, I thought. Yeah, I thought we might like, pretend to be nice to each other or something. Ah, uh, look, I can't keep up that level of illusion for this long. But um, <laughs> look, I promise. I promise. Aid wanted to call a truce, and Graham was like, "Nah, sod that." <laughs> <laughs> I shot his white flag full of bullets. <laughs> Is this, does this mean I'm actually going to have to come on the show more often then? Yeah, I mean, basically. I know I know, I know I haven't been here a lot recently, what with work trips and holidays and stuff like that, but... 
Well, we were looking at it, weren't we? And we figured out that the last time the three of us were on a show together in any form was... For the whole show. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes, sorry. Yeah, that was a month ago when um, Simon was on from um, the... Uh, um, classic lenses podcast the classic lenses podcast. but the last time we were actually on a full show together which even this one's not a full show together, the last time we were no, on not really, no. was, was uh early february Oof, that was a long time ago we've been busy See, i still think that's good teamwork i still think that's good teamwork it is good teamwork but we couldn't not be together for show 99 we had to make sure that we were all here just to kind of gird our loins for the future <laughs> and we've got catching up to do as well. I mean, because we've all been doing stuff because it's been long enough. There's been enough time and space between us all talking that we have all been doing stuff. So, um, well, hey, it seems you weren't here this morning. Why don't you fill us in on all the fun stuff you've been up to lately? Uh, well, apart from having spent the room, the room, the week in a darkened meeting room in Canada last week, which is why I missed the show last week. Um, uh, yeah, well, the, the the highlight of my photography adventures recently actually has been uh, the London Photo Walk, which was last weekend as we rec- well as we record this about eight nine days ago, uh, which Martin and Sandeep organised. We had a cracking time at Camden Market and all around. Uh, we walked along the Regent's Canal uh, down around the back of King's Cross, which uh, they've done some awesome building around there that used to be really quite dangerous around, <laughs> around the back of king's cross um but it's rather smart now and uh so we spent some time taking photographs around there which is great i was practicing with my uh lomo instant square camera which i think is is marvelous now um and uh i i look forward to using it more and it also gave me the opportunity to uh, submit some shots for polaroid week you actually Ooh. got some pictures taken over, <laughs> beating both Rachel and I out on that one. So um, that was last week, wasn't it? From that was last week. Yes, yeah, so it was. Polaroid Week has just finished. It um, was for uh, so it, it finished as we record this on the Monday night. It finished uh, two or three days ago, or something like that. I think. Yeah, I think it it ran from something like Sunday to Friday because uh, I remember listening to to Mike Gutterman ranting about the fact that it didn't include a Sunday. It's like, what on earth is this? Why is there no Saturday? Sorry, not Sunday. Saturday when you can go out and shoot. But um, yeah, because is the idea that you were supposed to not only take the pictures but share them within that time as well. I, th- I think so. I think I must have just missed out on that then on a technicality because I shot the pictures on the Saturday, but then I, I submitted them during the during the week. I there's a Flickr group. As long so as they weren't f- published, you, you could have taken them at any other point, but they had to be published within that week. Oh, OK. All right. Well, you know, maybe technically I'm 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 within. I think the, you're on the right side of the rules. Don't worry. So, uh, yeah. So it made me. Do you know what? I'll tell you what was an, uh, an interesting side effect from this. And it's a shame that actually it's an embarrassment to admit it was a side effect. But I, of course, Polaroid Week works on Flickr mostly. And uh, although they have social media outreach accounts, uh, yeah, the whole of the centre of Polaroid Week is is a Flickr group, and uh, that meant I had to go onto Flickr, which I haven't done for a while because I had to upload some photos to submit them, and so I had had a look at the Sunny Sixteen podcast Flickr group, and it's awesome. <laughs> I, I also have not been there for a while. So how how many pictures have we got in the group now? it's close on 4,000 photographs in oh the sunny goodness. 16 podcast group on Flickr. So that, that, that's brilliant. And, and loads and loads of stuff and uh, lots of people, you know, who are submitting who, who uh, we would probably call friends of the show at this point. Um, and also lots of names that I don't know. Um, so, you know, thank you everybody who's been contributing to our group. 
we really should do a whole show based around that at some point we'll have to organize it and and stuff like that but we really should do a whole show based around the Flickr group especially now Flickr seems to have a new lease of life uh, heading its way yeah especially now it's being bought out again by somebody else yeah it would be interesting yeah but by somebody who actually cares about photography this time yeah I I was actually quite happy to hear that news um because I suppose some of our listeners may not have heard this news if they're not but um Flickr was bought out last week uh, by SmugMug, who uh, are already a um, photography hosting service, aren't they? That's probably the best way of describing them. I'm a, I actually um, am a SmugMug user. Uh, they don't have a free version of their um, platform. You, you know, it is a paid-only thing, uh, but it's very good. Um, it's a really nice service, and. and them getting hold of Flickr makes a lot of sense because they don't have a, a free version at the moment. So, I mean, yeah, it'll be really exciting to see what they do with that because the, the guys at SmugMug uh, really do care a lot about what they're doing and the photography community. Um, so Flickr will really benefit from that because that's not been the case. Because well, who's the previous owner of Flickr, Abe? Can you remember? Well, it was Yahoo, but then it got bought out. Uh, it was part of a group called Oath, which is owned by Time Warner, maybe? No, who owned AOL? Oh, Verizon. It was the uh, it was the US telco, Verizon, um, who had bought it off Yahoo. So nobody that cared about photography, let's just put it that way. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a shame it's suffered a bit. So, yeah, hopefully it will be a new list. Yeah, we will. If I can figure out um, how to log back into my Flickr account, because I appear to have been booted from that, um, we'll definitely have to check that out again. But, yeah, that's very cool. So you're, you're enjoying your uh, Lomo Instax Square then. Is that what you use for all your Polaroid week shooting? Uh, yes, it, it is. Um, and uh, yeah, actually, um, I'm enjoying the sharpness of the lens. Um, it has, a, for an instant camera, it has a really good lens, uh, I mean, partly because it's a glass lens rather than uh, many of them have plastic lenses. Um, and uh, it's uh, it, it's reasonably flexible. I'm still just getting to grips with it, really. But it also, for an instant camera, folds up quite small. So it's easy to carry when you're not using it because it's a folder with a bellows. Yeah, I actually got hands-on with one for the first time this weekend because I got to you know have a bit of a play around with Rachel's. But um, you've not had such a good weekend with yours, have you, Rachel? No, unfortunately not. Um, I uh, I was uh, full of hope and expectation and I had actually already used it, as you know, when I uh, did the portrait session uh, a couple of weekends ago and it all worked really nicely and I got some got some shots out of that, which you saw, didn't you, Graham, as well? Yeah. Um, and I remember you said, oh, you like the look of those and they'd come out nicely. Um, but then, uh, as I'll go on to ch- chat about in a little bit, I was shooting a wedding on Saturday. And so went to, um, I took maybe three or four shots with my um, Lomo Instant Square, um, the same one that I'd used a couple of weekends before, and uh, none of them came out. They were all Which very, very mean? underexposed, weren't they? Like, yep. Un- yep. Unusably so. Yeah, unfortunately so. Oh, wow, so, that's a shame. Um, and it was outside in bright sunshine, middle of the day. Um, so there didn't seem to be, a, you know, a re- quite possibly it's something that I'm doing something that I'm doing wrong, obviously. Um, and I'm perfectly uh, happy to admit that that is uh, potentially the case. Um, can can I ask you a dumb question, which is it, probably going to show my sure. naivety no, rather than on. yours? So one of the things that I've had to learn is yeah. that 
because it's not through the lens metering mm-hmm. if i've if i'm taking photos of people outside and yeah. nicely positioned them in the shade but i'm standing in the sun mm-hmm. then the camera's going to get the exposure wrong because the meter has got the sun blazing on it it's possibility yeah, yeah. I found I was I found when I was compensating for that when I was out and about and it was a bright sunny day in London. Um, yeah, I, I got much better results when I was so when I when was you, compensating. So when you used your EV minus, um, no, it was EV plus at that point. So because you're you, you've got to expose it for longer. So yeah. if your if your camera is it got the sun full on it, it's going to go to a really short exposure mm-hmm. or or low exposure uh, yeah yeah, be, yeah. Um, and what you need to do is get it to expose for longer so you need to mm-hmm. put the ev plus on it saying i want more exposure please so if you're in the sun but your subject yeah. is in the shade mm-hmm. anyway that so i'm i don't i uh, i mean that for me was was something that i learned as i was getting to grips with the camera last weekend yeah yeah i mean like like i say it's it's absolutely a possibility that it was something something like that uh, that uh, that i was doing wrong so but we'll see Anyway, I need to do. I need to basically shoot a few more test shots because I think the two weekends ago it worked fine when I'd when I tried that. Uh, all seemed to be totally totally not a problem. Um, then obviously in the maybe 35, 40 seconds that I had to shoot with it on Saturday um, and uh, took the three shots um, obviously and then not coming out. There's only so many times you want to stop somebody and say, I'm just going to shoot that again. <laughs> yeah, um, no, I'm totally so, with you on that one. Yeah. So I yes. think, you know, that that was obviously, uh, I, I cut my losses and thought, right, there's clearly something not working or I'm not doing something right uh, on this occasion with that with that particular camera. So I'll go to, uh, I'll, I'll shoot it in a different way. So uh, thanks, Aid. I will, I will um, be checking that out, um, trying it out some more, just to see, obviously, whether it is, you know, a setting that needs altering, um, or whether there's actually something wrong with the metering itself, perhaps in the camera. So we'll see. Anyway. Yeah, I did notice when I, I mean I know mine's brand new, and I, I did notice it had a two-year warranty on it. Yes, that's oh, uh, always that's... good to know. <laughs> the, the thing that I from having, just having out and having a quick play around with it, the way you have to open it to unfold it. I was really. I could see me tearing that thing in half very, very <laughs> easily. Like, oh, oh no. you big manly man, you! It's just. It's well. It's made of lamography, isn't it? I mean, with the best will in the world, it's it's it has that not super robust build quality to it. I was like, uh, oh, you just pull it, my Okay, I'm. Yeah, that was the one thing about it. But um, yeah, it was a real shame about that. And uh, well, hopefully you'll get it sorted. But if not, yes, yeah. make use of the two-year warranty, Rach. I'm, I'm very pleased that yours is. Uh, see, it sounds like yours have come out really well, Aids. So that's cool. Uh, yeah, I'm, well, I mean, ha- have a have a look uh, in the Sunny Sixteen podcast Flickr group. There's there's some there. Yeah, and uh, and the I was really, yeah I am showing those. Yeah, uh, I was pretty pleased with the way it came out. Actually, once I got to grips with the metering. Um, uh, the rest of it fell into place. It's zone focusing. That's fairly straightforward. Uh, what else was it? Uh, it has. Um, it can take coloured gels across the flash. It's uh, it, uh, which, mm-hmm. which was which was a bit of fun. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, it just generally um, yeah, generally yes, in, enjoying it so far. You got some I think really the, nice the problem- shots. Sorry. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Oh, thank you very much. I'm looking at the one. I, I love the one. They got one at the covered market. That's quite. It, I, I was look, trying to figure if that was a triptych to begin with because the way the lines divide it up. But 
Yeah, you've had some fun out shooting with that, haven't you? That's a, a good lot. I have, yeah. They, 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 well, a lot of them were all uh, around um, uh, around Camden Market. So, yeah, that shot. So if if you look at that one particularly, if it's the one I think it is, um, I, I was at a, a market stall and I thought, well, I'll focus on the things that are hanging off the stall in the foreground, which is some kind of jewellery. And then all the people going by in, in, in the background, it happened to be a bit dark. So I got some movement in the people, which I was which was completely unplanned, but I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, it's worked nice. They, they look really nice. Was that the only camera you took with you on your photo walk? Yes. Ah, it seems to have handled all the situations very well. You didn't get. Yeah, to... it's been nice. Yeah, it's been good. Did you get anything at all for Polaroid week? week Polaroid? Oh, never mind. That week, Rach? Um, I you know I I don't think I did. Did I? Shoot, um, um, I was shooting with my Instax wide, but I don't know whether it was within that week. I didn't. I know that I didn't post anything up, unfortunately, during that week. Yeah. Um, as you know, I love my instant um uh, sh- uh work. Um, I love I love shooting with my instant cameras, but I think it was just um that particular week I didn't end up having any particular projects I was working on using using instant at that point so uh, so yeah unfortunately unfortunately not this year i didn't get around to, to doing that this year well do you want to fill us in then rach because as always you have been by a country mile the most busy of the three all the stuff yeah, that you've been sure. doing since last time so um so i was over in manchester i got to go and work in the beautiful central library there that's really lovely um and uh, it was uh, one of the cases of uh, turn up and say oh I'm here to do this. I've, uh, you know, been booked in through various different other projects and other people who've had conversations about this, and I've turned up to actually deliver it. And they go, "Okay, we didn't realise." And uh, turns out that they uh, they got the wrong date and all sorts of things. Anyway, um, so at one point I was like, "Right, I'll just be doing some gorilla like gorilla cyanotype printing, just randomly in the middle of the." <laughs> library um uh, but it was fine i was like the only thing i need really is a plug and some water and a table so uh, they managed to sort that out for me and i actually had some lovely conversations with people they were very interested in in what uh, what was going on um just did it as little drop-in sessions um and uh, yeah really enjoyed that so that was uh, that was a lovely day over in manchester doing that uh, then i was over in salford um do do some designing for some freelance storytelling work that I've got coming up in June. That'll be in Estonia and Croatia. So that'll be nice. I've never been right. to either of those countries, so looking that's forward to really that. cool stuff. Yeah, thank you. Um, so yeah, that's. Uh, I'm hoping to add on maybe a day um, either side for um, uh, one side or the other for each of those, uh, so that I can obviously take my analog cameras with me as well and hopefully capture a little bit of the. Uh, uh, a little bit of the flavour of those two places too, because, like I say, I've never been myself, so uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Should be good. Tell you what, Estonia in June, it'll hardly get dark at all. Ah, uh, really? Okay. Yeah. Well, I don't. Right. Uh, d- depending on where you are, I mean, the, I, I, I once had the opportunity to go to Tallinn, which was the up, uh, which was the capital, well, it still is I the capital I'm, of the capital I'll be of Estonia. I'm flying into there, but I think actually where I'll be based for delivering this uh, training, this workshops and what have you, that will be about three hours away from there in the car. So, uh, so check out what the how many hours of daylight you're going to get when you're mm-hmm. there, because. Um, it, you, you might have some really beautiful, really extended um, uh, golden hours. 
Ooh, that sounds beautiful. Okay, yeah, lovely. Thank you. I can't remember when I was there. It was something like July, and there was only about three hours of darkness or something like that. It, 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 I, I, I may be misremembering that, and it, it was. Uh, uh, but it was really, um, it really wasn't very long. It was a long time ago, I went, but it wasn't a lot of darkness at that time of year. Oh, wow. Um, well, that sounds fabulous, and I, I very much look forward to that. So if anybody, any of the listeners have any tips on where to go and what to see and do in Estonia and Croatia, please let me know, because that would where, be... Where are you going in Croatia? <laughs> I'm not sure yet. <laughs> not sure yet. We'll, uh, I will find out. I think, I believe it's um, uh, relatively uh, central to the capital, um, sort of like part of, uh, the the main part really but right. um okay. i uh, i will find out some more details soon hopefully um so yeah so that uh was a sort of like pre pre-workshop meeting for for those and then um graham obviously arrived with me on friday evening after um after he'd finished work and had a crazy drive up the the m6 um and then on saturday we were busy shooting a wedding together so he came along and worked as my assistant um photographer second shooter uh, on on that on saturday so we had didn't we grow we had cloud and sun and hail and rainbows and pizza dodgy legs as well <laughs> my my leg started to give way at the in the evening unfortunately i had to go and sit down um and uh, I, I definitely learned the importance of backup bodies i have always taken a backup body um graham you were my backup body yeah. <laughs> which was actually aid's backup body who he'd, which he'd sent to you to bring up with you um and it was very good the fact that we had it it was um, most fortuitous um we, i was shooting instant and analog obviously and um digital as well mainly mainly digital but uh, i'm glad that i did actually get a chance to go and shoot some um, uh some uh, 35 mil film i did take my roller cord with me but unfortunately time was against against us as it always is with these kinds of events so uh, i didn't end up shooting with that in the end um and i made the call to say no we've got we've got what we need really from the instant and the 35 mil um and uh actually let's let the uh, let the couple get back inside and warm up a little bit because with hail and sun and rainbows and cloud and all sorts of other things going on with the weather um we were actually very lucky the points of the day where we were outside shooting and doing the portraits and that kind of thing um was really nicely kind of lit with diffused cloud um and uh, then with that in the middle as a sort of like thunderstorm we had some lightning as well didn't we um yeah. it was everything pretty much uh, as part of that so that was that was on the uh, saturday so how did you find it graham <clears throat> do you want uh, to tell us a little bit about your experience yeah. from your perspective <laughs> uh it it was because I've never done anything like this before. I have never taken pictures where there's been any level of um, <laughs> responsibility involved. So I was dreading it, frankly. I was, you asked me to help <laughs> out, and I'm, I'm, and I'm like, yeah, of course I'll help out uh, because I don't like saying no to people. And then almost instantly, I was thinking, oh no, <laughs> what have I, <laughs> what have I agreed to here? Um, and uh, I mean, it's, I, I was expecting it to be hard work and it absolutely was um you know you seeing you dashing around the whole time and seeing what was needed um it was it was really um cool to see you working in your element i think that would definitely be one of the things i would say is that uh getting to watch you um not just taking the pictures but managing the the people there and when we were doing the um the portrait session with them after the service you know seeing you 
getting them posed and getting them where you wanted was uh, really interesting because I've never been in that environment. Um, it was uh, great. The, ni the nice thing about using the Instax within the portrait session in particular was getting to see those results straight away. Um, and as I was saying to um, Gary this morning, I, that film is capable of really nice results. I mean, just looking at the ones that aid results on Flickr, that instant film can produce some really lovely results. Um, but yeah, it was it was a fun experience. Uh, it was exhausting. The church service was an hour long, although it didn't feel like that because you know we were both trying to do stuff. But I think we both spent, and I certainly spent almost the entire hour just half crouched down by a pew. So like my legs now are ruined <laughs> because I was in a half squat for an hour. So walking the next day was something of a challenge. Um, <laughs> we were both hobbling around, weren't we? It, I mean, it weren't the core muscles is all I can say. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it was. I think it made me laugh that you were like, actually, my, t my legs are worse now after that than doing the gardening that you oh, were always doing. This great. Um, <laughs> it was the most digital photography I have shot in, I many many years put together um and there were some things that i i just i i really struggle with burst mode i'm like this I, <laughs> it felt horrible whenever i used it I was always tired. um but yeah i was exceedingly grateful of aid sending his camera up because uh as i mentioned on the previous show i managed to break my camera there is an update on that i'm not going to say that i have fixed the camera because that would be an out and out lie um i have, have you further broken it well i i am capable of getting lenses on there and i use the technique of brute force <laughs> it's like i just kept i mean i got rage to try taking one off oh, and putting God. one on the other day it was like oh it was like fingernails on a blackboard you know that that kind of feeling oh my god yes, I was like, i've I seen not i've seen, this. I've seen really graham do. with a camera before <laughs> i know exactly oh. what it's like what, um, what i yeah. realized was with this little ring underneath is that there's like three pieces that kind of stick out that go over the lip on the, the lens and one of those was bent out of place and i tried to get a thing underneath it to bend it back into place and it just wasn't happening so i thought well I'm just going to try and force it and see if it just snaps off. And it hasn't snapped off. What it's now doing is just cutting a groove into the part of the lens mount, um, which is fine. <laughs> it doesn't matter, although I am having to blow out my lens, uh, the um, sensor quite regularly, because I'm sure there's metal filings in there where it's just cutting grooving. But um, I mean, I was never going to pay to have that camera repaired, so at least it's vaguely functional now, <laughs> as long as you don't want to make any quick lens changes on it all sounds side. super healthy that doesn't it yeah, yeah so I'm, I'm thinking of opening up this uh, camera repair <laughs> service to others if anybody else has got a broken <laughs> camera they want me to fix i'm dead good at that now so yeah that's pretty awesome oh, yeah so so yeah so that was that was saturday wasn't it and um uh after after we'd finished that um we got back and um obviously it was uh, busy doing the, the sort of backup of the files to make sure we got all of those um, finished off uh, by the end of the day and things. Um, so it's quite a late, quite a late night again, um, getting that all done. And uh, but we did have a really nice breakfast the next morning, didn't oh, we? Yeah, your your husband Adam. God, shout out to Adam because he made a really nice cooked <laughs> veggie breakfast for us. He's my hero. <laughs> that was the highlight of my weekend was that breakfast. And then it was. Uh, well, why pinhole photography day? So that was on the Sunday. It worked out very nicely, actually, that you came, you were able to come up on the Friday evening. We got to shoot the wedding on the Saturday together. So that means that Graham, yourself, and Aid have both um, 
uh, been a little vintage photography minion for me yeah. <laughs> now. They've both done some nicer work for me, which is lovely. And, uh, and we got to um, uh, spend some time together on the Sunday morning after our lovely breakfast, making some um, uh, sort of handmade um, little, which which makes it sound very um, very posh, which it's not, um, pinhole cameras. So we, we created some of our own, which was an interesting exercise <laughs> in working out whose technique was best. Um, and uh, the differences in approach were, were was, interesting, to say the least. It was great. Um, it was great. So we made those, and then we shot with them uh, alongside our, uh, well, I, I took my Ilford Obscura, and you took your Ondu 6x12, I think you had it set to. Yes. Um, out, so we went shooting with those, and then we did the bit of developing, so the paper eggs that we'd we'd um, created in the, in the uh, handmade versions plus my Ilford Obscura we developed those didn't we in the dark room and uh I've got some images so uh that's always a, that's always a bonus I think yeah it was it was nice to get the weather wasn't great it was windy and it was dull <laughs> and it was gray the exposure times with the paper negatives were 10 minutes so there was yeah. quite a lot of standing around did you get any pinholing done on Sunday aid no I'm sorry I did not get a chance to do that on Sunday at all uh, I got home from Canada Friday was absolutely exhausted had to work then well what to do I did so my analog feast right this is something different for you my analog uh, feast and festival for this weekend was going to see the Royal Philharmonic Orchestra play in London on Friday night oh, awesome. which which I think thoroughly enjoyed i've never seen uh that particular orchestra they are just amazing so if you so yeah they're just just astonishing um and uh nothing to do with photography it was your cultural <laughs> hit though it was my like culture and and the, the, there's not much more analog you can get than a 50 person orchestra what, what <laughs> so, were they playing uh it was a instruments uh, yeah. Yeah, yes some of them some of them are playing clarinets yeah because <laughs> you're a you're a clarinetist aren't you uh, in the loosest possible sense of the word yes um there, I, there I are about clarinet. there there are about 20 violins i think diamond I mean, so this this is uh, orchestra. yeah there was a good 50 on they had five bases eight cellos about half a dozen violas that i could see i think uh maybe 20 odd violins but the trouble is there's so many violins you can't necessarily count them all because all the firsts are on the front of course and the seconds are behind them then the thirds are at the back but, um, and then then of course you've got all the wind um and then all the brass at the back uh, and the percussion at the back there's a lot of people on that stage and and you know what played absolutely you know just you couldn't like i don't know the the, the words don't describe it yeah the uh, it's 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 astonishing when you hear something that good and you can see the people actually doing it because you don't expect to to experience that unless you're, you're listening to a CD or something like that. Yeah. Um, it is it is amazing. The skill, the craft, the musicianship, the, the art in it is just awesome. Oh, we still haven't found out what they were actually playing, have we? Or did I, did I miss that bit? Your violins, clarinets. Oh, God. Oh, my God. <laughs> This is why we can't all no, be on the show played, together. So they played, they played uh, some Wagner, Elgar. Elgar always goes down well, in, of course, in, in London, some of the famous uh, British stuff. Uh, Strauss, Puccini. Gosh, uh, they did a full 
selection. Yeah, it was it was a it was designed to be. Um, I think they think they titled it an extravagant classical extravaganza. So it was a lot of quite famous stuff that you'd recognise. Ah, that sounds uh, nice. Uh, something from Swan Lake. Who was Swan Lake? Tchaikovsky. Tchaikovsky yeah. That so cool. yeah, uh, so it was pretty awesome stuff actually. Oh, well, that sounds that does sound like a good analog thing to do. Um, although you could definitely have taken the pinhole camera with you and just <laughs> set it up to capture the whole thing. That would have been good. Too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Next time, yeah. next time. Yeah, sadly, my Sunday was a little bit more prosaic than that. <laughs> it, was, it was fun making the cameras because we, we were we were making them out of these takeaway trays which are made out of tin foil and Rachel's like okay I'm going to get my can I'm going to cut square out the can put a neat pinhole in here and I'm just like I'm just going to pin to the thing done I'm finished <laughs> let's go take pictures now. so it, was, it wasn't the, the, the reusable plastic see-through takeaway <laughs> trays <laughs> no no it, no. W- it wasn't the green pepper this year yeah. Uh, as opposed to the red pepper because i i made mine last year out of a coconut and uh obviously um graham you made yours out of a green pepper didn't you yeah um so uh so yeah so i thought as we were together this year um we should uh we should probably make them out of the same thing but i did upgrade it so we had also we made two actually each didn't we and one of yours got squashed <laughs> graham um <laughs> by you was, by, oh, by you. me yeah, yeah i accidentally squished it <laughs> Whatever. Vindictive because you, you knew that my efficient design was going to kick the ass of yours. So you're like, well, I'm going to better uh, hamstring this right from the get go. Uh-huh. That's, that's the only reason mine was. Well, I'm quite envious, back. actually. I'm quite envious that you two got to, to spend World Pinhole Day together and making in pinholes and. Well, that's okay um, because between the, three of us, between the three of us, it means that obviously with Graham and myself not being able to really do much for Polaroid Week, but you you covered that end of things. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, I suppose so. so. You, you did Polaroid Week and we did Pinhole Photography Day. So I think between the Sunny 16 team, we managed to cover most of the um, the big analog events recently. It is a that's bit of an issue, isn't it? There are so many analog events now. <laughs> Well, yeah. What's this? This is show ninety nine, isn't it? So, mm-hmm. yeah. When we started this podcast two years ago, I'm sure there were less than half the number of analog photography events than there are today. I don't know, Graham, if you know anything about that. It, it does feel like, that, I mean, most of that's cool though. It is a good thing. It is. It is a good thing. Yeah, the one I'm um, enjoying seeing on uh, Twitter at the moment, um, and you know, and it's very, very similar to the thing we do with the cheap shots challenge, although slightly more crass. Is the um, uh, I see. I don't want to yeah. say because then I have to believe it out. Oh, oh well, no, whatever. It's called the shitty camera challenge, um, <laughs> and that's a, a Twitter handle you can follow, and it's just. It's a very um, uh, light-hearted in tone. It's people finding really, really rubbish cameras to take pictures of with, and uh, just generally laughing at their rubbishness. I think. He's... Where did they get that idea from? I don't know. I have I have threatened them with a lawsuit. So we'll, we'll <laughs> did see. you actually, Graham? Did you see that the split cam made an appearance? I did. Yes, the split cam. Yeah. Uh, and I, I don't understand how that made an appearance because that's a fine quality camera that you are now the proud possessor of. So I'm hoping it, that uh, you're going to get around to using it at some point. I know it has pride of place on my uh, on my uh, shelf. <laughs> yeah. Hasn't yet been out to be shot with. I'm afraid. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry to say. Never mind. So yes, that's what we've been up to um, this week. Um, and uh, have you guys got some plans for the coming week, or will should we talk about that as a recap in 
future show. Well, I just want to talk about my day to day because I don't know whether <laughs> you guys noticed this on Twitter, but I got a little something today, which I'm very happy about. Okay, um, no. Okay, okay, so remember when we had the um, the shutter sound challenge? This was the easiest one there. Yeah. So see if you can recognise what this sound is. Can you remember what that sound is? The listeners will know. Hang on again. I didn't hear it. It's a very small noise. That is the sound of an Olympus Mewtwo. Um, oh, okay. So mm -hmm. I think it was a couple of years ago, I was helping one of my clients at their garden load some stuff into the boot of their car or the uh, trunk of their car if you're in a, um, a backwards America. country. America. Yeah, sorry, that's why. America. <laughs> sorry, America. I do apologise for that. Um, and I, because, you know, I think when you're an analogue, you get like a, a real eagle eye for spotting cameras and i just happened to see like tucked away in the corner of a uh, boot the little camera went, oh oh that's a cool the camera then sort of picked up and oh there's an olympus mutant <laughs> blimey that's kind of not a thing you see everywhere and she said oh yeah you know i just i don't use it very often but it just stays in here for me to take pictures anyway um this was as i said a couple of years ago and i was working for this client again this week and just generally chatting about stuff and um and she's selling the house now and she's talking about getting rid of stuff. And I said, oh, well, you know, when you're clearing out stuff, if you've never come across that old camera of yours that was just lying around and you want to get rid of it, I'll find it a good home. And uh, she went, oh, yeah, sure, you can have that. So um, so I got myself this sweet little... Free treat. Oh, yeah, my God. Yeah. Wow. Um, and it's uh, all in nice working condition. And um, I'm really happy about that because I love... You've got my... two broken ones, haven't you? Well, I've only got... No, I've only got my one. And it is still just about working, but it is battered to hell. It's held together <laughs> with um, electrical tape and optimism. And I've been dreading the moment where <laughs> it packs up on that. That sounds like us. Um, yeah, that's very true. So, um, yeah, that was I was very happy with that today. So that. So th that... this reminds me of the day you bought a Lomo LCA for a quid. <laughs> <laughs> I do have occasional moments of uh, quite good. Like, how, how much your, does a Mewtwo go for at the moment? Is this a, is this the prime lens or is it the zoom lens or what? Oh no! This is this is the this is these go for about I don't know 150 quid. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and and you got that mint Polaroid camera that was still in the box. Do you remember that you did the unboxing, the Spice Girls one, not Spice Girls one? Oh, What's it? Yeah, the 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 one. The I white the one. The other one I had the weekend. It was the one I brought up with me. It was the. Was that the one? Yeah. Oh, the, I didn't know. It was the famous was one. The, the one step. Um. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, the one I. I the, that was the closest I got to taking part in Polaroid week was taking a picture of um. Rachel's Marcy. lovely dog Marcy with her Polaroid cam with my Polaroid camera, um, but uh, I, I actually tried out for the first time some of the black and white film. It came out quite nice, didn't it, Rach? I quite like that. It did. That it good. did. Yes, because um, I've I've also used some of the black and white um, in, as it is as it was impossible um, when it was the actual impossible uh, film, um, but. I think mine's from like 2014 or something with the uh, with the black borders and um, when I shot one pack i think i bought two or three packs originally um and uh shot um some quite what well, i was quite pleased with the images and then um put them in a in a box um came back to them about three months later and they completely disappeared oh, like the whole no. image had gone oh, dear. <laughs> yeah so uh yeah that was uh, luckily i had scanned them 
before um you know when I actually got back from the shoot when I'd taken the the, the batch because I was quite pleased like I say with the images for a change <laughs> I was like oh I did all right with those they came out quite well um scanned them in um and so yeah when I went to show somebody else like I say a few months later opened up the box and was like oh they've entirely disappeared <laughs> so um, even, even in a dark box oh yeah 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 literally they've gone, they've gone. so in a way it's kind of they're, they're one-offs um you know the, the transient even. experience <laughs> they've gone of, offs yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a transient experience of in, instant impossible project film yeah so you get that so so i get you know uh, shooting in stacks rather than uh impossible or polaroid uh, i don't that doesn't happen of course but what, what does happen is that you give away the photos so in some ways i some of my photos i i have uh, even less time than that <laughs> Yeah, exactly. You hold it for a moment and then it's it's gone and somebody else is using it or ha- or has it in their house. I also, I always find that quite a f- sort of like fascinating concept, you know, what other people do with your artwork after you've put it out there or given it away or sold it. And it's, it's like... To think oh. about stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know. I think it's kind of interesting to know how they, you know, how they display it or where they put it or if they have it out on display or if it's away in a box or something. It's, uh, yeah, kind of cool. I, I think so. So what I've experienced, because I've been trying to shoot more and more instant, uh, is that they end up on people's fridge doors. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're always, yeah, they're everyday things, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Um, uh, and the other thing is, is that they, they get put away somewhere because nobody wants to throw away a photograph. It's like, you know, it, it's like, I don't know, kicking a puppy or something, isn't it? Throwing away a photograph. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Maybe that was a poor example. Sorry. Forget who I'm talking to. But the, but, but like a normal person kicking a puppy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, you know, so I think you, you've got to expect these things to turn up in the future and that's the thing i'm really looking forward to having gone in having tried tried and had mixed results for the last couple of years of shooting instant film but actually really trying to stick with it and you know i've talked about how my kids keep them and look after them and stuff like that but i think these things are going to turn up in some years and oh yeah okay they're not the best quality photographs ever but i think they're going to be really meaningful Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and and even the ones you give away you know mm-hmm. it's just like well it's just a snapshot so you can give it away it it sometimes it took me a while to get used to giving them away i was like no but it's mine you can't have that it's a photograph <laughs> i took it it's mine it's got to go and live in my study with all the other photographs but once mm-hmm. i got over that actually you know it's it's a good thing you know yeah. if you if you love your photos set them free yeah. <laughs> i think barnaby uh nut um mentioned uh that in his nighttime adventures in neopan um zine that he put together as well which was part of the um thing that he was interested in and was looking forward to is the fact that yes you can you've got it as a physical printed zine so you can actually look at it enjoy it and then maybe it'll be put away on a shelf for a while and then maybe months or years later or even decades later it might get found again and then you you get to re-enjoy it yeah and that's interesting because i i passed on my copy of that zine to one Mm -hmm. of you two i don't know which one of you's got it now but it'll be graham i think yeah um uh and yeah there is there is a a sense of loss when you Mm. when you hand over something like that because you think well no i would like to look at that again actually but maybe it'll come back to me around again and i think you know if not, then somebody else is enjoying it. So 
it's certainly better for these things to live out there in the real world, I think, than it is for them to just die on a hard drive. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, quite right. Well, listen, we've been talking for quite a while. Um, Should we talk about what, I feel bad about even saying this because I'm going to use the we word and feel really, really sorry for one of the we on this phone call. <laughs> Shall we talk about what we're doing this week, Rachel? No, yes, no. <laughs> um, oh, I don't want you to. Uh, uh, yeah, this is this, this is good, bad, good, bad. Um, tomorrow. But it's because it's show 100 as well, isn't it? That's the thing as well. Yes. So obviously next week is show 100. Um, <laughs> I can't believe we're at show 99 and i cannot believe that we are going to hit show 100 um but apparently we are and um so we're doing something a bit special for it uh rachel and i and unfortunately aid sickeningly is working and, and i don't think this is right i think he ought to claim to have i don't know bubonic plague or something can just pull, pull a <laughs> i did but... that last week <laughs> analogitis yeah exactly yeah um, so unfortunately, Abe will not be able to join us. But um, tomorrow, I am going back up the motorway again, up to um, up north again, because on Wednesday, we're going to go and visit Ilford, aren't we, Rach? We are. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited about this. I cannot wait. It's going to be wonderful. And sorry, sorry, Abe, as <laughs> me going, it's going to be wonderful. And you're uh, it's all right. It is going to be wonderful. It, it, it is going to be wonderful. So, really so just exciting. so you said that very, very quickly and apologetically, Graham. Say it all again so everybody can hear it properly. Yes, we are going up to visit Ilford Photo up in uh, Mobley, which is or Mobley, or however you say that word. But anyway, we're going to go and visit Ilford at their film factory. Um, they are going to show us round, um, give us a tour of the place, and then we're going to get a chance to sit down and have a chat to, and I cannot remember off the top of my head who exactly is having a chat to, so oh dear. I'm a bad person. Um, I think it's Steve who very kindly gave us the soundbite at um, Christmas, I think, is the gentleman who we're going to be sat down to and um, having a chat with uh, about stuff and what they're doing there and what's going on. Um, and yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. Obviously, um, you know, Ilford is one of sort of the big two. It's Il- Ilford and Kodak are the two that are still the the giants in this. And so getting to go and have a look around them. I mean, I've never been to anywhere like this. Um, I want to meet the people who spend their working days in darkness and try and understand what that must be like <laughs> as a job. Um, no, no flash photography there, I imagine. <laughs> No, they they did actually make a point of saying um, there are some areas where you will not be able to take photographs. I'm like, yes, that that does seem quite reasonable because it's dark. <laughs> because it's yes, you, oops, you've just ruined five miles of film. Um, yeah, and um, maybe maybe for you know um, corporate secrets and things. Who knows? You know, maybe yeah. that's why we can't take photos as well. Yeah, I'm expecting it to basically be. Uh, pretty much <gasps> like could it be a james bond <coughs> sorry uh, hang on <laughs> no oh, rachel has got a little over it so. whilst, whilst rachel dies no i wasn't actually thinking of a james bond lair <laughs> i wasn't thinking that they were basically like dr evil i, I was thinking I, I, I was thinking more along the um charlie and the chocolate factory route. i think they're gonna be more like willy wonka but <laughs> yes because you're full that's... of um, lumpers <laughs> yes, well, yes. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, we're taking Rachel with us, so there'll be at least one on for there. Do you know what? I, I've heard there's a lot of fake tans in that part of the country. <laughs> oh, 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 shots fired. We'll make sure to point that, put, pass that on. <laughs> you know, I've, I've got a special outfit actually I'm wearing on Wednesday. 
exciting. You've got a special outfit. Yeah. Oh God, I, I know. I'm feeling like I ought to, you know. Because I don't normally do that kind of thing, and I was like, no, this is this is definitely. Um, I'll, I'll have to wear this. Yeah. So You'll have to. Ball gown. Well, I, I thought you would be wearing the ball gown. Yeah, uh, right, I will. <laughs> we, would wanna, <laughs> we wouldn't want to clash. Um, but yeah, anyway, so that's that's what we're going to be doing this week, and that's what hopefully you'll get to listen to um, at least for part of next week's show 100. Uh, so something to look forward to, hopefully. <laughs> we just yeah. want to make sure we don't mess up the recording or anything like that. I'm sure I'll be fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. Um, so, yeah, stay tuned for that, listeners. Um, but we will also try and make sure that all three of us, once again, will be there to celebrate us hitting show 100 and do some um, brief navel-gazing because it feels wrong to reach show 100 and at least not at least a little bit gaze at our navels, right? I mean, we've earned the right to <laughs> for that. I think a little bit of self-indulgence is in order. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, listen, it'll be worth it because it'll be balanced out by uh, Ilford Um uh Oh, hang on. <laughs> you know what? I've just, um, yeah. So, uh, it's going to be great. Um, we uh, will have a fantastic show for you next week. Uh, and thank you very much for just listening to us for the first 99 shows. Um, to, you, you, it's all been building up to this, obviously. <laughs> Did we make a commitment <laughs> on the first show? Did we say, oh, you know, if you hang around with us for God, how many hours of podcast? I don't even want to imagine. Um, then well, uh, it's, it's well over 100 hours of podcast at this point so the uh it's it's quite a while ago isn't it um so yes some it, some ways in other ways it seems it doesn't seem that long ago where we said to each other right well if if we do 10 shows we'll get proper mics <laughs> yeah and we and we did and here we are and we did yeah uh it's been good it's been good so Stay tuned for that, listeners, for next week. Um, and yeah, I'm I'm really bummed that you can't make it up, Aid. It yeah. Was... yeah, I'm so well. Uh, yeah, I'd love yeah, to be right. able to, but such is life, unfortunately, this time. I promise we'll enjoy it enough for the three of us. <laughs> In fact, yeah. we'll, we'll probably enjoy it enough for you and all the listeners as well. <laughs> okay, see if you can blag me some colour film while you're up there. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be behind the secret door where they're like, we'll, we'll, we'll try and we like. Oh, was I not supposed to share that on the internet? Oh, sorry, folks. <laughs> yeah, Elford, they're, they're secretly making all the colour film. I think that's what it is. And I bet there's a, they're probably secretly making pack film as well, but they're not telling anybody about it either. I think all of these things. We'll ask them all of these very important and proper questions when we're there. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'd be great. Um, I think that'll do it for this week, won't it, guys? I think we've probably bent people's ears for long enough. <laughs> Another good one. Yeah, so. yeah. I, I do just want to say thank a huge thank you, though, for Saturday, um, Graham, officially on air to say, uh, yeah, you did an awesome job of, of helping out and second shooting on that and being a wonderful pack horse. So thank <laughs> you so much. <laughs> um, uh, at one point, there were, there were, you know, nearly enough uh, cameras on you to sink a ship i think <laughs> um so you did remarkably well thank you very much for that uh, it was an absolute pleasure rach and i it is amusing at least to me that um the one injury that i came away from from the day with was that uh, because i needed to be smart i wore a shirt which i almost never do and me wearing a shirt chafed my neck so that, that was the worst injury i had of the uh, day and we got back to your house and I was like, oh, I need to put something on this. So um, you and Adam very helpfully got me this ibuprofen gel, which uh, apparently is a very bad thing to put on broken skin because I sort of slapped it on the back of my neck. And it was exactly like that scene from Home Alone where Macaulay Culkin puts <laughs> aftershave on his face. I went, ah! 
<laughs> it's just incredibly, incredibly painful, but also you very looked, funny. <laughs> you look very sunburned when you came downstairs. It was uh, pretty funny. Was sorry, funny. sorry about that. <laughs> Unintentionally <laughs> injuring you with that. Uh, but yeah, we were trying to be nice. It was trying to be good. Oh, well, try harder next time. I don't know what to say. Okay, okay, fair Okay, enough. so where can you find us? Well, by now, nine-time shows, you should know that you can find us at Sunny16 Podcast on Instagram and on Twitter, where, Aid, you're back on Twitter now, aren't you? Uh, yes, yes. Uh, I think we're cohabiting on Twitter at the moment, aren't we? We're both, I think both of us are using the uh, the Sunny16 account a little bit. Yeah, exactly. In fact, we did this with Rachel. What's your personal Twitter? Because you know, you obviously you're tweeting not just about you know the show stuff, but also you've got your own stuff. What's your, what's your own personal Twitter handle? Oh, well, that's easy enough. It's Aid968. There you go. Nice and easy because you follow Aid because he does, you know, talk about stuff that isn't just Sunny 16 stuff and always worth following, even though oh, you're not and... terribly active on there either. But, you know, it's... <laughs> oh, I don't know. Social media. And where are you? Where are you on oh, Twitter? <laughs> uh, lurking. If you can find me, then that's your, your hard luck. Um, and we've got our Facebook page as well, which Rach is carefully manning. And it's been quite busy lately, hasn't it, Rach? I've seen quite a lot of it chats has. going on there. Has, so that's has, yes. been great. Um, you can The easiest way, if you want to find all previous episodes of the podcast, is on Podbean, which is sunny16.podbean.com. And hopefully to go along with the launch of, um, or not launch, to go along with Show 100 next week, we will have the new website up and ready to go where you'll easily... you're promising a lot of stuff aren't you i know well you know it's kind of mostly done it just needs stuff adding so you know we'll we'll get there it's you know it's it's not going to be necessarily quite as fully featured as it will be at some point in the future but it will be there and it'll be a really good easy place to go and see all the show notes and see all the links um and we're going to put up the cheap shots challenge stuff there and we're going to put up the stuff from the sunnies there and um you know all that fun stuff and we'll see where it goes from there but that will hopefully be up and ready for the show 100 so we will let you know about that when that happens uh music for the show as always or so we say as always we have had the thought about maybe changing up the music going forward so we'll see Ooh. that's a staff meeting we need to have and decide whether we're going to change up the music but anyway the music this, this week, is how i find out that i'm being yeah, yeah, yeah. Out. <laughs> like a hot Thanks, potato Graham. yeah uh, also we're thinking is maybe my is my label up. dropping me my label drop what <laughs> yeah also we're thinking maybe change up the hosting a bit rach so we could do that in a quick chat afterwards because you <laughs> okay thanks <laughs> Is, it, is this what happens? So you take me away to Ilford HQ and like throw me out the door of the car on the way out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's you know, it seemed like the nicest way to kind of say, look, you know, this has been fun, but uh, <laughs> I need you, to see. Me? We need to see other co-hosts. You know, it's just yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't don't listen to him, Rach. <laughs> no, we, listen to we would him. never do that because <laughs> if we lost you, Rach, we would at the same time lose all of our listeners, or at least all of the discerning <laughs> ones, anyway. Um, but and, <laughs> until we do decide on future music, the music is very much uh, the music of Rocha, with promises I should have kept available on all good online services: iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, you name it. They're on those three and don't look anywhere else. <laughs> um, and until next week, uh, from from lovely Rachel and from 
a lovely aid. I'm going to go oh, with lovely. Mate. Lovely aid. It's so nice to be back on the show with you, dude. It really is. And me bringing up um, yeah. the nonsense at the back. Thank you very much for listening, listeners. We will sh- see you. She, 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 she. We will see you. Slick, slick. I, the, the, show, the ending of the show is always the hardest bit. <laughs> we might see you, uh, if I haven't been fired for being incompetent at doing this, on show 100. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> Smoothly out the door. I mean, 99 <laughs> shows. You think oh, we'd have got that with this by now? I completely aided it at the end. <laughs> I resent that. Did you use that as a verb? Did you just use <laughs> Yes. Yeah, if it wasn't true, I'd resent it more. <laughs>